Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Tracy Showalter. Tracy is the founder of The Lighthouse Co., a home wellness consulting firm. Home wellness is a new concept that's taken Columbus, Ohio by storm. Whether it's through organization, deep cleaning, or education, Tracy is steadfast in her mission to help you live lighter. In the episode, she shares a foolproof four-step system to reclaim any space that's taken over your life, tips for avoiding clutter buildup, lesser-known appliances that need to be deep-cleaned ASAP, and more. But before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite resources with you, Dry Farm Wines. If you're a wine lover like me, but haven't yet made the switch to natural wines, listen up. Alcohol manufacturers aren't required to post ingredients or nutrition facts on their bottles, which is how they're able to sneak in sugar and a bunch of other additives. Fortunately, Dry Farm Wines has come to the rescue. Their natural wines are lab-tested to ensure they're sugar-free, lower in sulfites and alcohol, and also free from all industrial additives. Since I've grown accustomed to drinking natural wine, even the most expensive conventional wines give me a headache and just make me feel overall gross. If you've never tried Dry Farm Wines, you're going to be immediately hooked by the flavor and quality of their products, as well as their top-notch customer service. To get a bottle of Dry Farm Wines for only a penny, visit dryfarmwines.com slash thehealthinvestment, or just click through the link in the show notes. And one more thing. If you've been on a weight loss roller coaster for years, trying everything from keto to Weight Watchers to exercising six or more times a week to detoxing from sugar, but nothing has worked, I have some great news for you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I help health motivated individuals drop those pesky pounds for good without giving up carbs, eating clean 24 7 exercising a ton, or other nonsense. Unlike extreme approaches that compromise your physical and mental well-being and suck the fun out of life, to be honest, (laughs) I help you lose 5 to 50 pounds for the last time through sustainable habit change and mindset shifts so you can start living your best life as the trimmest, healthiest, most confident, most energized version of yourself. To learn more, visit thehealthinvestment.com or connect with me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. And please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. I'd love to hear from you. All right, it's time to learn from Tracy. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson certified nutrition coach and your host of the health investment podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week I interview experts and share no nonsense research backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, 
have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Hi. So happy to have you here. You're saying you're calling from Ohio. I think. Yes, ma'am. Columbus, Ohio. Awesome. I may have had, I forget now, but I think maybe one other guest from Ohio, but probably not as cool as you. So. No, no way. Not as cool, <laughs> not as loud. <laughs> well, I'd love if you could start by sharing what led you to become a professional. What do you call yourself? Declutter organizer? I know. Okay. So I, it's so funny. I don't love to like put myself in the corner. I'm like, well, I'm not really a professional organizer. I'm not really a minimalist. I'm not a teacher. I'm kind of all of them. Mm. But if I were to say one thing, I'm like a professional purger. Ooh. <laughs> because that's where everything starts. I'm like, we just have so much stuff and it is an anchor to so many facets in our lives, which is exactly why light house was born. I love that. So yeah. yeah, how did you, where did you get this interest from? So entire life growing up. And when I get the question, I tell people, oh, I had a military father. They instantly, they're like, I knew it. So Ugh. that's my story. You know, my father went to West Point Military Academy. I was raised with a long list of chores constantly. And then, you know, the funniest part, so he would always check them. So I had my list and I would do them and I'd be shaking in my boots like, oh gosh, he's going to come and check. I'm like, what if there's a spot there? What if there's a spot? Um, and so all that to say, it was just a very disciplined childhood, a ton of structure. And of course I hated it then. I'm like, yeah. this, this is the worst, but it's so funny now, you know, I'm the mother of three small children under six mm -hmm. and I see how it has benefited me in my life. And so now full circle moment, I'm raising my kids to be, you know, very structured and disciplined in that sense too. So um, to answer the question, it, it all stemmed from, from my dad, this West Point discipline, this military army discipline. And I, now I love it. I love it so much. Was he specifically into kind of keeping things decluttered and tidy? Oh, I think it was a control issue, if I'm being mm. honest. A con an absolute control issue. He came from a pretty dicey childhood. And he, you know, married this wonderful woman, my mom, and had these two amazing kids, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, obviously. And, you know, obviously. But so in like the military, you know, there's a lot of control there. And he's like an ultra runner. And you can kind of control that because he couldn't control anything in his childhood. Right. And it's so funny because I couldn't control anything in my childhood. And now I want to control all of your home. It's this weird, mm. it's, it has been, it's turned out to be very beneficial, but again, it's not like the emphasis is on cleaning or decluttering. That's not what I saw growing up. I just saw his need to control his environment. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it all stems from. Yeah, interesting. Well, and it makes sense, I guess, because when you accumulate a lot of stuff and clutter, I guess then 
even if you don't realize it, you become sort of out of control and your Absolutely. home controls you. Yeah. So it really does. I love the name of your business. It's brilliant, I think. Um, would you say just starting off, what are the perks of a lighter home? Like, can everybody benefit or just some people? Everybody. Absolutely mm-hmm. everybody. Because here I am, I'm recording this from the OG lighthouse, right? I'm in my closet right now. And even I, myself, can benefit from doing this more because, um, you know, I have all of these systems in place, but I have three little kids and a husband and a babysitter and, you know, a family in and out. And so it's just maintaining this lifestyle. You know, it's not a one and done. The living light is an absolute lifestyle. So whether you are at the complete far end of the spectrum and you are a self-identified hoarder or you are somebody who says, you know, I'm usually a pretty tidy person. I got this. Every single person can benefit from this. Um, And it all stems to what we just said. We were talking about, you know, controlling our environment and controlling the things that we bring in because if not, they control us. And there, to some degree, there are it's very easy to let things come in and control us and and we can't control, you know, a, a crummy day at work or kids meltdowns or maybe a um a jerk of a boss or a coworker. You know, there's all these things we can't control. So living mm. this lifestyle within your safe four walls is so beneficial to every single person. Does having a lighter home kind of mean minimalism or does it mean just like, how do you describe that? Just not having a lot of clutter or does that mean different things for different people? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's really hard for me with, um, with the labels, right? Because I don't want to say, oh, I'm a minimalist because they might have different definitions for that. So I'm sitting in here in my closet and I'm like, well, a minimalist, would they say like, well, you should only have one pair of shoes, you know? And I'm looking Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, well I have six. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, ooh, by somebody's definition, I'm not a minimalist. It's so, it's more, it's really, it's a minimal lifestyle. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you really don't need as much as you think. And the conversations I get into with my clients are very, very deep, very psychological, um, because there's a lot of emotionality tied to some of the items. And then we kind of talk through that. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, it does. So on your website, it reads, which I love, there are three pillars that make up the foundation of the Lighthouse Co. Organization, deep cleaning, and education. Um, And you say also each of these pillars is offered to help you begin to enjoy the benefits of lighter, living lighter in a clean, clutter-free space. Yes. Um, Also, your website is beautiful and so light itself. So (laughs) kudos to to that. It's just very streamlined and awesome. But I love web designer. Oh, you do. Photographer. Yeah. They were phenomenal. Yes. Thank you. I mean, it's it's great. But I would love to tackle each of those because super interested in organization, but then the deep cleaning and education part, I think kind of sets you apart from other people as well. Yeah. Um, So we'll dive into those, but 
going still on organization. So you say you have a foolproof system with four easy steps to reclaim any space that is taken over your, over your life, which sounds amazing. So yeah. can you tell me more about that? Like, what are the steps and how can we start to do those? Yes. And I'm making t-shirts and I'm going to send you one because it is a verb. it is an absolute verb now in Columbus and we're trying to spread it. So but here's my system. And trust me, in 40 years on this planet, with as much as I've done, it works every single time. So it's called EPCO. It's E-P-C-O, empty, purge, clean, organize. Hmm. You have to empty the space. And I always tell people, if you are looking at a closet or a pantry or any any space that you're like, hey, I really want to kind of organize this, tidy it up a little bit. If you do not empty it, I tell them that you are not committed to the project. You have to empty it out to really see the space in an entirely new light. And it really allows you to step back and rework it too, because that's your opportunity to change things around. Then once it's empty, we do the purge or what other people call like You can pare down, you can edit. There's so many different words. The purge, it's mandatory because Mm -hmm. we all have too much stuff. So once we go through the purge, which is its own category, the cleaning, which essentially just means if you are doing, you know, a space organization in your kitchen and you're emptying all the drawers out, you wipe them down. There are crumbs Mm -hmm. in bathrooms. There is hair. That's just self-explanatory. But the biggest part, the purge is my favorite. The biggest part is the O, the organize is at the end. And I strongly suggest that nobody goes into a project like this with these products, these organization supplies on hand, because until you get in there, until you're living in the space and seeing it empty and thinking about how it can work for you, you really cannot have organizational supplies because you don't know about that before you start. So I strongly recommend to everybody that that's really the final and last straw. And it's not a one size fits all. They're puzzles until everybody, I'm like, you know, it's okay if you try one product and it doesn't work and you have to try something else until you get it right. It's like a puzzle. Every space is different. Um, And so Epco, baby, Epco all day. I love that. My husband just said, because we do kind of purge, I'd say three to four times a year, quite Mm -hmm. a bit of stuff. And just kind of all, all the time, I joke that if I'm not doing anything, I'll just sit on the couch and look around and think, what can I get rid of? It's just one of my favorite things to do. Um, and then he's like, oh, look out. She's doing yeah. it again. If it's, it's not like, nailed down, you got to no. go. Like, Thomas, are you using this chair you're sitting on right now? Should we get rid of this? Um, but he just joked that we moved and, or didn't joke, but just noticed we got rid of so much more stuff, I think, than we would have if we were just doing our normal editing. And I guess a move is a natural time because you're taking everything out of its place. Yes. And then you're having to pack the stuff. And so then at some point you're like, how can I pack fewer boxes? Let me just donate this stuff. It's the Um, best time. The purging before a move is the best time because why waste your precious time and energy and resources on things you are not going to keep. Yeah, Yeah. But it, it makes so much sense that emptying out a space. I think that's probably where some people get hung up, right? Is Are some people resistant to that of why do I have to empty my whole closet? Can't I just 
sift through the hangers. Um, and- I, I will say this. I don't feel the resistance. Um, I think my clients are so trusting of me. Mm-hmm. And so I truly feel like the trust has already been built. You know, we have consults beforehand. Um, there's like a really, there's a great brand recognition now in Columbus too. And so like they trust that I know what I'm doing and that comes with, you know, the referrals and the expertise, but also um, I would say, and you didn't ask this, but I'll say it because if, if there was resistance, the questions that I would ask them is, you know, they've probably already tried to do it that way because mm-hmm. most people do. They just say, oh, I'm just going to like change this around or do. And again, if you are doing that, then you're not committed to it. And so right. I just, I think it really goes hand in hand. Like, well, you've, you know, how's that working for you? And it's not. And so we really have to do ourselves differently if we want a different result. I love that. And I do also love how it goes hand in hand with the commitment. Yes. Yes. Because then you're actually committing to purging that space, cleaning that space, organizing that space. It's not just kind of a surfacey band-aid. It's like, let's get in there. Yeah. I always and call really... that the band-aid, right? It's like the temp repair. I'm yeah. Like, no, we're not temp repairing this. We are going all in. And part of my process too, it starts with that consult because I want them to be committed. It, I don't see the process working if I just came into their house and blindly did it myself. They are mm-hmm. an active participant when we're doing purge and organizing. They are with me every step of the way. I would imagine, like you said, the purge part can be the most emotional or the most difficult for people. Yes. What are some of the ways you kind of help people let go of stuff? It's mostly, and I mean, it depends on the client. It depends on their personality. It depends on their current life situation. Are we talking about a divorce, a new baby? You know, there are so many different things. And the beauty of it is every interaction is completely different, right? And so I just, I meet the client where they're at. And when we talk about a certain item, if, you know, they get hung up on it, some of these things truly do, they they are valid reasons to keep them. A lot of these sentimental things, I will not, you're not getting rid of, you know, wedding albums and wedding dresses. You know, like I'm staring at mine right now. I'm not getting rid of that. That's very sentimental to me. Am I ever going to use it? No. But other things like, oh, that was my like high school, you know, line of like, there's my high school track shoes or that. It's like, so why are we keeping these? And you kind of walk through that with the client a lot of times the client, like they are the ones that are attaching such severe emotion to that. Like then the the product, like the shoes or whatever we're keeping, that has all the power. Mm. And it's almost like let's, and we, we talk about it, we kind of temporarily remove it from the situation or I say, you know, give it six months or sometimes they really will say, you are so right. Like, why am I holding on to size 24 jeans? Like I've been a size 10 for the last, and it's sometimes it's so freeing to be like, I'm not a size 24 anymore. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? Every time I open my drawer, I'm thinking about the diet I should start, you know, and I'm all about like, no, there's no shoulds. My, one of yeah. my dear friends wrote a book about shedding your shoulds. And it's just like, 
who cares? You know, live, live your life today and now. And those are, those things are not benefiting you. So it goes down to that emotionality that we attach to it. I think it's just a really tender conversation and a lot of love. There's a lot of tears, a lot of crying on my shoulder. There's a lot of hugs. And I just genuinely appreciate the raw emotion that they allow me to see. That it's such an honor for me to be able to kind of walk that road with them. You mentioned the kind of six month idea. So mm-hmm. if someone's listening and let's say they're going through their own closet or you know, they've emptied everything out and they're going through items and then they hit these super sentimental things, mm-hmm. do you recommend kind of putting them aside and seeing I don't know if you miss them or something for Absolutely. six months. Yeah, okay. yeah, I do. I say let's do a temporary purge, right? It's not a temp repair, but it's a temporary purge and see truly if if you even think about those things. Because the other side of it, Brooke, is that a lot of times we're rediscovering, oh, I haven't seen that in 10 years. And then all of a sudden, I can't live without it, mm-hmm. which is a very childlike sentiment too it's it's like a kid that doesn't see a toy and then his friend comes over and plays with it it's like well that mine that's mine (laughs) I love it now (laughs) right yeah it's like all of a sudden I love it I'm like do you like you haven't seen it in 10 years and so there's a lot there's a discovery phase in a lot of my like larger quantity purges and it's like do it's one of those things like you, you need that? Do you? Do you really need that? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, a lot of those, I was like, let's temporarily put them aside. Or I know there's um, this trend where in closets, they say, hang all of your things backwards. And then mm-hmm. you know, at the end of six months, if you haven't, um, and that's fine too. That works for some people. I just really say, it's like, if you already know, if you know right now, you're not using it. You're not grabbing it. It's not an everyday thing. What are we doing? You know, like yeah. let's rip the bandaid off and let's just go. And again, it's the, it's so tangible on the other end of the work, but not one. I mean, my clients enjoy it and like we have fun and we try to make it as light as possible, literally like just a light mood. But, um, not one of my clients has said, Oh, this is so easy. They're all like, wow, that is like, I'm exhausted. How do you do this every day? Hmm. It's exhausting. It's emotional. It is so mental. And some of the stuff that we're moving out, you know, it's physical because it's heavy. It's so Uh, heavy. Right. Uh, I've heard the same thing maybe with like a kitchen. If you move and you have all of your kitchen utensils in a box and then maybe you just take some out for three months or something and the ones you don't use. Yeah. You just talk. Is that something you advice too for kind of like DIY stuff of how people can do this on their own. Absolutely. And it really shows you and almost gives you the confidence of, oh my gosh, you're right. I really don't need 10 spatulas. Like what was I thinking? Um, And so that's kind of an eye-opening moment too. Like living with less can feel very uncomfortable for some people. And I get a ton of questions like, well, how many how many X, Y, and Z do you have? And how many, you know, and I'll, I'll tell people, I invite all my clients, I'm like, come to my house, come to the lighthouse. Like, do you want to see it? Um, and, you know, last week, sweet little mom of two, and she's opened this cabinet and just like pouring out kids' sippy cups and plates. And, and she's like, oh, you probably see this too. You're a mom of three. 
And it's not like a superiority thing. Like, no, I don't see that. It's more of just like, well, how can I help you understand that you don't, you don't have to see that, you know, like I'm not a better person because I have this personality trait. And so what did I do? I went home and I took a picture of it and I was like, Hey, this is my, it's not like pretty and color coded, but I'm like, this is my chaotic kids area, but there are like six sippy cups instead of 30, you know? And like we, and I even tell her, you know, we've got like 12 plates instead of 14. I mean, there's just so many different ways about um like different personality types and different perspectives if you will on what do we really need to live our everyday lives so I get that question a lot so yeah pare down and see how much you can really live with less I have a couple pots and pans a couple spatulas we cook five days a week we're doing just fine yeah I'm also a huge proponent of stuff off the counter in kitchens just for myself. I just have to have a space that feels really inviting and it makes me just want to meal prep and cook more, which then overflows into generally healthier meals. And, you know, I just feel like it can all kind of snowball into other things and having a lighter space. Yeah. It just allows you to have, I don't even know the energy or I just feel much more at peace and happy doing kind of the healthy things that can seem like these terrible chores when I'm in a really beautiful space. Um, But I know it can be tough, especially in a kitchen. There's all the pressure of the new appliance and the new gadget. And then everybody's doing the air fryer recipes and the Instapot recipes. And we bought an Instapot or we bought a pressure cooker. It was like an off-brand one. And we used it twice. And then we moved it here. And then my husband said, oh, there's a soda stream on sale at Costco. I think we would really use that. And so we talked about it. I was like, I do think we would actually use a soda stream. We drink seltzer all the time. We're using all these cans, you know, not good for the environment. Uh But can we revisit the pressure cooker that we've used twice? Like, I just don't think we're pressure cooker people. And there's nothing wrong with people who love their Instapot and use it all the time. But we use pots, skillets, and sheet pans. That's pretty Mm much, I'm kind of the most basic cook you'd ever meet. Um, So I don't need all the gadgets, but how do you kind of speak to that? I know for kitchen stuff, it can get really kind of the next thing and the next thing. Like, how do you help people edit that? Yeah. Um, okay. I also, I want to say, cause I heard you say the word snowball, like it snowballs into healthy eating and all that. I, yeah. I did this post a couple weeks ago about a fridge. I was like, it's not just a fridge. Like when it's clean and clear, like it's your grocery list, it's your healthy meal plan. It's your nutritional snacks. It's easier mm. to do, right? It's the same thing with this empty counter. You're like, mm. Oh, I'm feeling good. (laughs) Everything's great. And it sends this message to your brain. Like your eyeballs see it and it goes right to your brain. And it's a good snowball effect. To the opposite end of that, I speak daily with my clients that there's also a bad snowball effect of you just throw things around and you throw things here, you throw things there, and then they all start to pile up. Mm. So it's like the snowball in both directions. Um, So I had to say that too, because I'm always, I'm like, okay, new drinking game. Every time Tracy says snowball. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like fun. (laughs) I'm in. 
So, um, but to your point with all of the gadgets and all that, I hear a lot, hey, I just have so much stuff on my counters, but I don't have any space to put it anywhere else. So I just have to keep it out here. Right. I truly do talk about everyday use. What are you using every day? And there are those people who are air fryer people, Instapot people. Sure. Keep it up here. But if you have a waffle maker, a panini maker, a pancake maker, an air fryer, a mini air fryer, a this, a that, you know, we really discuss a separate place for those. Mm -hmm. Example for me, I make one cake a year. My husband loves red velvet cake. Every single um, April, I bring it out, my KitchenAid mixer. That thing is Mm. huge and it weighs 10,000 pounds. And guess where it lives? (laughs) It doesn't live in my kitchen. Yeah. It lives in basement storage because our kitchen is the most valuable real estate. And so if we can have the valuable things living in there, then everything else that we're not using every single day that doesn't help us out, those all get removed to somewhere else. Or we just, if we're doing, you know, I'm doing a huge purge, kitchen purge next week. I've already done a basement in this house and all the appliances. We're taking everything out because it doesn't work. And one of the things we're doing is moving some of those small appliances, the air fryers, et cetera, to a cabinet that's currently their pantry because Mm -hmm. their pantry just, it's not designed well. It's deep. You can't see anything. And so we're really working, reworking that space. And that's just one example. And they happen to have a ton of space anyway. So I think to help people just think about that space in your kitchen as the most valuable real estate. And when it's clear and it's cleaned out, it is so much easier to grab the meals, to prepare the meals, to pack lunches for the kids, to grab a snack. It's just so much easier and you spend so much time there. Um, so you you got to take care of it and you want to feel good there. You don't want to yeah. feel like, ugh, here I go again, because it's something you have to do every day. We have to eat to survive, right? So yeah, multiple times a day. Yeah. And then I've heard when you have kids, it's like, oh my god, basically gosh. just live. I hear the word snack one more time. I'm like, oh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> no, you well, can't have a snack. Yeah, you can't actually. Snacks are done. Forever. I just walked downstairs before this podcast, and my six year old Hazel, she was like, Can I have a popsicle? I was like, Leave me alone. <laughs> no, you can't. There's a babysitter right there. And then all my little four year old Olive, she's like, Can I have some candy? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm mom's off duty. <laughs> I have to go right now to this I very go. important podcast. I got to go talk to Brick. <laughs> you mentioned though kids and I don't have kids yet, but that is one of the things, honestly, my, one of my biggest fears about having kids is all of the stuff that comes yeah. with kids. Yeah. And I know there is stuff, but what do you do for the kid side of it with their toys and their yeah. clothes? And like you mentioned, the sippy cups, uh-huh. I think that can be one of the most overwhelming things for people. So yeah. what are some of your tips for that? Yeah. Um, I think most people are under this guys too. I mean, we do, we run our dishwasher every day. And so we really don't need a hundred sippy cups, a hundred forks. You know, it's one of those things that we really don't need as much as we think we need. Um, I think the, the overriding message also, when you're having kids, typically you'll have a baby shower, right? And it's like, oh, I should register for this. I should. That's where it gets a little murky. I'll never forget. I had a baby shower, obviously, years ago. 
And the amount of women, my friends, who texted me, they're like, hey, let me know when your registry's finished. And I had already sent out the link. I'm like, oh, no, it's done. No, you only you only have like 10 things on it. I'm like, yeah, it's done. They're like, what? You know, and then other people are registered at like a hundred places for all this stuff. I just think we get so caught up in that. And it's a societal thing also. You need all of this stuff. So sure, go ahead and do that. And then in a couple years, like I, unfortunately, I know that they'll be calling me because then it catches up to you. Um, so establishing boundaries once you're comfortable with it of what comes in your house and what leaves. And the second part of that is you really can teach your kids how to almost, I don't want to say live lighter because they're not that adaptable, but um, like my girls know where everything is in their rooms. They put toys away when they're done playing with them, you know? So like once they're to a certain age, um, you can really start to establish those foundational rules of how we respect our things and we put them back and having a spot for them, not, mm. you know, a cluttered area. That's super helpful too. In fact, yesterday, I'm doing this big back to school series right now over the next couple of weeks um, for all my Instagram followers. And I started last night, I was doing Hazel's room and at the end of it, so her and my four-year-old, they kept saying, mom, you're so talented. I've never heard them say oh, that word. You're so talented. I was like, oh, thanks. And then she goes, I really like that you're a cleaning lady. And that, oh, I don't like being called a cleaning lady, but I was like, oh, that's yeah. so sweet, Hazel. Go ahead and like tell me more. And she's like, because you make everything look really fancy. And I was just putting oh. drawer dividers in their drawers and segmenting out like tank tops and t-shirts. So all that to say, I mean, kids thrive on the structure and the boundaries and it's us. We, as the parents... We are the ones that are creating the clutter and the messes and having no boundaries when it comes to, you know, birthdays and Christmases and allowing all of that stuff in. Um, And so, you know, they hire me and I'm like, okay, let's reclaim our space. Let's take control of this space. And then this whole process starts. What are some of the boundaries you set at birthdays and Christmases? So we do not love gifts. We're not uh-huh. big on like having big birthday parties for our kids. And that's just a personal preference. And other yeah, people right. that do, I'm like, yes, like, let's go. Um, so I do a lot of memberships. You know, you want to, you have to get us something. Okay. A zoo membership, Franklin Mm. Park Conservatory, which is something here in Columbus, a science museum membership, highlights magazine. Um, so things like that, or we've got a safari here. It's called the wild. So, you know, like little memories, experiences will go on a vacation. Um, and then around Christmas, I really like to do the need, want, read, Something you need, something you want, and something you read. Now, listen, that's me. I'm married, so there are two of us. And yeah, let me tell you, Mr. Lighthouse Co., Mr. Party Time, Showtime, loves <laughs> to spend some money. And so, you know, like I have to kind of give up some of that to him yeah. because they're his babies too. So, um, but we really do. We come together and compromise and make sure that, um, you know, we're not overwhelming the kids with too much stuff. And we want them to respect what they have too. And not right. just think, oh, I'll break that and I'll just get another one. 
Mm. Like, no, that's that's really not how it works. So I love that. You're making me now feel like I might be able to have children someday. (laughs) You are going to have so many kids and you're going to call me and be like, look, I have five things on my registry. Are you proud of me? I was at my cousin, um, him and his wife came down last weekend and we saw them and it was so lovely. And they were talking about their registry. And I told her, I was like, you need Pete, who's the most important, who's her husband. Um, I said, you need your, um, I'm allowed to say boobs on here, right? I'm all about boobs. Yeah, sure. I was Go like, for you it. need your boobs if you want, if you choose to breastfeed. I said, and you need that baby. Outside of that, I go, you're going to be fine. You really yeah. only need those three things. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. And then it was making me think when you said you don't want to buy all the things before you take everything out and purge. Yeah and clean. And then you kind of buy for each space, the stuff you need. I know just friends have said they register for all this stuff before the baby even comes. And it's kind of like, they don't even know what they need. And then they don't end up using half of it, but then it's too late to return it. So, you know, everything now you can get within two days on Amazon prime. So if you need it, you can get it within a couple days. It's not to say you can't buy anything, but this kind of registry up front definitely overwhelms me, but it's overwhelming for everybody. But somehow in the society, the handbook of society, it is written in stone that you must have 10 baby showers and you must get all these things. And I truly feel like it's up to women like you and I, and I know several others here that like we're not the only ones that feel this way. It's up to us to really task and pre-educate that, hey, no, and it's okay if you don't. It's okay right. just because all of your best friends did and their best friends and Sheila and Jenny and who, just because they did it, it does not mean you have to. Um, It's that whole non-conformist, which comes easily to me. It sounds like you too, but I don't think it comes as easily to everybody else. It's like, well, that's just yeah. what I should do. Um. So that's a whole nother podcast. Well, and I think, you know, often I didn't have a wedding shower because, again, I didn't want all the stuff. Yeah. So I just said no wedding shower. And then we registered for the honey fun thing at our wedding. So people donated money to like our honeymoon. Um, And then I think there is a lot of pressure sometimes from mothers and mothers-in-law and sisters to have these moments. But I love to thinking about it in the way that you talked about your kids' boundaries with birthday parties and Christmases. Yeah. Like you could even register for experiences when you're pregnant, like massages or, you know, you could still register for thing or, you know, quote unquote things, but it doesn't necessarily have to be objects in your home, you know, so that people still feel like they're contributing and they're giving, or maybe, maybe it's like a food delivery service after you give birth or, you know, something that people can contribute. Um, just kind of thinking outside the box, I guess. Yeah. And especially why register for it? Just because like someone else said you should, like my mother-in-law said I should, your mother-in-law doesn't have to live inside of your house. Like you do you is what I tell them too. Um, And also the other thing, a lot of brides and new homeowners or like closing gifts, realtors, and 
baby shower, a lot of them are registering for my gift cards. And I'm like, you're a genius. Mm. And they're like, no, 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 you're a genius. Because I do um, virtual education all over the United States. I've even talked to people in California. Um, and we like walk through every single thing kind of just to make sure that like you feel comfortable in your home. And people are like, this is a genius idea. I'm gifting it to everybody. And we went on the one day to the, um, I forget the website, like not Zara. I don't know. There's some new wedding website and yeah, they put in my gift card and it came up and they were registered for it and they got like 500 bucks of lighthouse funds for their wedding. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah. So I was going to talk to the three pillars organization. We kind of covered that or skimmed the surface, I would say. So then the deep cleaning we'll get into, but then the education, I know you say it's like a virtual course on adulting. Yeah. So (laughs) what do you like, what are some of the topics you cover most and is it just kind of tailored to each person or is it a course? Yes. It's really tailored to each person. Um, I have had a few people that are like, you need to go knock on some doors at OSU campus and tell them you'll teach it because they're Uh all like, nobody taught me this stuff. It's truly tailored to the client. It's whatever they want the most of a lot of the purging organ type stuff. Of course, since I can't be there, um, you know, it's like, it's hard because they have to measure it out. And then we send back and forth product recommendations based on the measurements. We talk about their aesthetic, what we could do with the room, what the room could look like, how it could serve them. Right. Because like the room should serve us. Mm -hmm. Um, It should work for us, not against us. And then the deep cleaning, I would say it's about 70, 30, 70% of the virtual education consults are the deep cleaning. And we walk through every single thing. I mean, I know every button, every lever. And so I have these people, these clients taking apart their Dyson vacuums and taking apart the filters and taking out their dishwasher filters. And we walk through how to clean them while we're on the phone and the products that we should be using and how often and a schedule. Um, I mean, we get into a lot of stuff. I usually just tell them, Hey, the floor is yours and you use me and abuse me. Most of them last about an hour. Um, some go longer because we can get chatty and, you know, truly there's a lot of things to cover, but just knowing that you can tackle everything in your house. I mean, buying a house is a huge investment. And the amount of people that are like, I don't know anything about it. This Mm. is such peace of mind. Right. They almost feel like, wow, I'm such a boss B. Like I know how to do X, Y, and Z. I got this. I can do that. There's such confidence behind that. I love it. Uh, Yeah. That's, it's almost like you buy the house, but then you also with your help, get to love the house and love the space. Because that's not a sure thing. Just buying a house doesn't necessarily mean you'll love the space inside. It takes like kind of some intentionality and work to get to that place. It really does. And I say, hey, do you own your house or does your house own you? Mm. And it's typically, they're like, oh my gosh, I am completely owned by my house. It's like, no, no, no. You pay the mortgage. You should know every nook and cranny of that house. So yeah, again, it's just such a confidence builder to know. I remember one day I was sick of waiting for Mark. He works all the time to hang these shelves. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Started Googling things, YouTubing. And I hung these pottery barn shelves. I messed up the first few times, but I patched up walls and I learned so much. And I was like, whoa, that felt insane. Like that felt so 
good from start to finish. And I learned so many things and it was like this instant confidence boost. I was like, mm. I could do anything. <laughs> Don't stop me. And then I started a company. No. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful story. <laughs> Well, so on the deep cleaning, what are the usual suspects that require deep cleaning? I mean, I'm thinking just like oven and fridge, but I'm sure there's so many others. And then do you have any kind of top tips or things that people aren't cleaning that they should immediately clean? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the usual suspects, uh, refrigerator, freezer, like any beverage fridges, deep freezers, um, ovens, dishwashers, stovetops, hood vents, and washing machines and dryers. So these are the main ones. Like typically stovetops, griddles, microwaves are cleaning people type of stuff. You know, um, Mm -hmm. they have their weekly or biweekly or bimonthly service. And so, and we tell them, hey, we don't typically clean those, but if they want us to, sure. The top things to look for. Anybody is listening right now. I need you to walk over to your dishwasher, pull out that bottom rack and see if you can find your filter. I have tons of videos on my Instagram page to check. Um, the dishwasher filter, it's about 60, 40 from a standpoint of accessibility based on the engineering of the make and model. Um, I also have posts on there about like things to look for when buying dishwashers, when buying appliances. And I have like a dishwasher edition, a fridge edition. Um, there's so many things to look for when you're out in the market. So that's all free on my Institute. But yeah, check your dishwasher filter. Check to see if you have um, a water filter or an air filter on your refrigerator. You know, it's like if it's not cooling, you don't need to call the appliance repairman. You know, just check your check that it's venting properly. Um, your washing machine, your front loader, go right now. Check to see if you have, I call it like the secret little mini door on the front. That's your filter and your drain. Make sure that's getting cleaned out. Um, there are so many things that, again, we buy a house. We don't really know how to run the house. We buy these $2,000 washers and dryers. And then we're like, wait, oh, there's mold in my ring. Okay, well, what were you doing about it? Well, I didn't know I had to clean it. It cleans my clothes. I didn't think I had to clean it. And then we get into this, okay, well, you know, and I'll take out a soap dispenser drawer, for instance, and it is just laden with mold. And I'm like, okay, so here's how these machines work. Water comes through here, gets all your mold, and then takes it down into your clothes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my clothes smell so bad. My laundry room smells, everything smells and you know, every smell has a source. And so there's an absolute reason if you're having issues, residue on your clothes, smelly clothes, a smelly laundry room, moldy washing machine. There are so many reasons for it. Um, And because of that, that's also why it's part of the name lighthouse, you know, for the educational part of it, because a lighthouse kind of like guides the ship's home. I wanted to be a guide. And it's hard to answer the question, you know, in one DM or one email, there's so much. And that's why the consults, you know, the virtual consults can really tackle every single thing because there's so many things that we don't even know to look for. Yeah. I had no idea there's even a dishwasher filter. (laughs) It can be so overwhelming because even if you can't see it, Brooke, it's there. Yeah. I know how to get to it, 
but it's really tricky. And I just think at some point, I just, I want to make them easier. I want to partner with an appliance brand and really just let me let, hopefully they let me come in and get some lighthouse appliances out there that are consumer friendly. That's the, they're just not, they're not friendly to us. And we are the ones that are putting our money into these machines. Um, we're just not really getting as much as we could be out of it. We've got to, we got to disrupt that industry for sure. And then it, you probably just have to replace it much sooner. Which is wild. It's so wild because it's like, oh, you buy a dishwasher and then in five or 10 years it breaks. Okay. And then you buy a new one. And I'm thinking, no, no, no. What about in between that time? You know, I want to live in between that time. Let's clean them monthly. Let's get that dishwasher filter out. Let's um, descale the tubes with some vinegar. Let's elongate that lifespan of your appliance pieces. I mean, these are big investment pieces. And they shouldn't only last five to eight years. They should last forever. And I always sound like a grandma. I'm like, well, back when, <laughs> back when I was young, you know, <laughs> you just think, you know, my parents' washing machines, like 40 years old, that thing's amazing. I would yeah. go for that. It's a top loader with an agitator, my favorite. Mm. And they yeah. never had any issues. I mean, we rent and now I just, my mouth was gaping open the whole time you were talking because I was just thinking of how many people have used this dishwasher and the washer dryer. So definitely going to be looking into that and looking at all of your tips on Instagram because now my husband is going to be like, wait a second, what's happening now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, wait, what are we doing? Taking appliances apart like a crazy woman. (laughs) That's probably the biggest pull for new homeowners. Um, And some of them are lucky enough to have a window where the the previous owner moves out and they don't take possession for, you know, a week or two. And that's when we come in and I tell them no offense to the sellers, but we, we truly come in and we wipe them out of this house. And now this is your house. Mm, It's such a great feeling. It's a new home in so many ways too, because there's not really a trace of the previous owners. I mean, every door cubby, the ice maker, every shelf is out of the refrigerator, the seals are clean, the freezer, every single thing That's amazing. is yours now as the new owner. Um, and people, people love that. It's such a value to them. They're like, oh my gosh, thank goodness this exists in Columbus. We're so lucky. And I'm like, I know. But then I get these messages from like Denver and La Jolla. Yeah, exactly. Like, is there a you here? I'm like, sorry. <laughs> Sounds like you need the franchise or something. That's I what know. I'm hearing. <laughs> I know, definitely looking into that for sure. Well, I'm so grateful for your time. I can't believe it's already been 45 minutes because I, I could seriously talk to you forever. Um, but I ask each of my guests the final question, which is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment And take that however you want related to organization or even beyond. Yeah. I think it's an investment in ourselves. And when I talk about wellness, I truly think there are different facets, right? So I think there's this spiritual wellness, wellness, there's mental wellness, there's the physical wellness, right? And then what I am doing now is this home wellness this is the health investment, I think. And when you have this perfect little square of these four pieces, you are giving back to yourself. You're making the investment in yourself. And if you're just working out and you're not doing the other three, if you're just eating healthy, 
and you're not doing the other three. I think you're truly failing to live your absolute best life. And that's not like a cliche, like living my best life. I see all that. (laughs) It really is like, this is a total lifestyle. We can enjoy this life in and outside of our homes. And so making that investment in ourselves, I think is just going to take us so much farther and allowing us to live the ultimate best life because we're not here that long. Right. I mean, yeah, beautifully said. I love that. Where can listeners follow and find you? What are the best spots? So right now I am solely on Instagram because I'm a grandma, Instagramma. I'm trying <laughs> to be on TikTok, but it's at the underscore Lighthouse Co. Um, there's also my website, www.thelighthouseco.net. Um And I really try to be as accessible as possible. So I tell people, DM me. Um, If they want to set up a consult, let me know. I mean, I I really, like, I engage um, so rapidly with everybody because I'm invested in everyone. So hopefully that helps. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't mean, wait to do your consult because I know you're looking at your appliances right now. I mean, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, I will be shortly for sure. Um, well, and I also was just thinking you're kind of keeping your social media light, right? Just yeah, having. Oh, very. I'm not I, on I Facebook. I yeah. barely, I barely do anything on TikTok. I'm not on Snapchat. Yeah. I just don't want to have to manage all of that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, I I think you got to choose the couple that work for you and stick Absolutely. there because as we know, social media is a beast. So a beast. and it can be overwhelming and it, it can, can be heavy. Shit, dare I say heavy? So guess what? Live lighter, live lighter, yes, ladies, <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you so much, Tracy, yeah. for all of your valuable information today. I know everybody's going to be rushing to your Instagram to watch your videos and just learn more from you. And I look forward to staying connected. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.